Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts. What is up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of the Intentional Grounding Podcast here on the Buffalo Rumblings Vidcast Network. And I'm your host, Sterls. And uh, we're going to have some fun tonight, man. I got, got a very special guest in the building. All right. Now, you guys know him as uh, Mr. Bruce Exclusive himself, but he is a dear friend of mine. And, uh, you know, anytime I have him on the show, it's always good to talk ball. But tonight, we're going to be talking some NFL draft. And I have my guy here, Mr. Bruce Nolan. What's up, my dude? It's a party all the time, Sterling. It's just disco balls, dancers, the whole thing. Just all the time. <laughs> That's the only way I know how to be. <laughs> now, how did I know you were going to say is disco balls and all the, all the things, man? <laughs> it's a Bruceism. It's a Bruceism. Well, hey, man, I'm glad that you are uh, here tonight to to hang out with me on the podcast. Uh, you know, if you are watching the show here on YouTube, uh, you can also find me on the TikTok. Bruce, I have a TikTok, okay? And uh, we are live right now on the TikTok. So uh, without further ado, shall we get into this thing, Bruce? I think we should. All right, let's do this. Okay, so first things first. All right, we saw Odell Beckham. Uh, you know, we thought he was going to come to the Bills last season. And this is probably the longest free agency campaign that I've ever seen for a player, uh, you know, often injured. I mean, not to diminish his value or what he's able to contribute to a team, but it, it seems kind of odd that the Baltimore Ravens signed OBJ to a $15 million guaranteed contract. Now, there were reports that he wanted 20. Then he said, you know, I just don't want four. So I guess someone out there offered him $4 million. But turns out he gets 15 from the uh, Baltimore Ravens. And, you know, they got Odell, right? They got Bateman, Mark Andrews. But they really don't have a quarterback at this time. I mean, Lamar Jackson is uh, hasn't, you know, the saga still – it's still out there for for uh, to be sorted out. So, Bruce, uh, thoughts on OBJ and the money and uh, what his potential impact could be on the Ravens this season? It depends on what Odell Beckham you're going to get. And the truth is that none of us really know what Odell Beckham you're going to get. Now, you know he worked out for teams not too long ago. And the reports were that he looked good. Uh, there were some video tracking being done that we're showing him in the high 18, low 19 mile an hour range as far as getting into his gate full speed. So he can still run, which is good. 
But I think you were starting to see in Los Angeles before he tore his ACL in the Super Bowl, you were starting to see that he can still be a good player. Now, I don't think that the idea that you're getting Odell Beckham circa 2017 is coming back again. I don't think that's an option. But can you get 70% of that? Can you get 60% of that? Is that a good enough to be a 1B or a 2 in the league? And when you look at the Baltimore Ravens, who have historically struggled to develop wide receivers, not just because they're not picking good ones, but also because of Greg Roman's offense, now they find themselves in a different situation. Now you look, brand new offensive coordinator, which should appeal to Lamar. You have a brand new weapon, which should appeal to Lamar. I continue to believe that Lamar Jackson will be a Baltimore Raven next year. Not just because I think they'll mend fences, but also because there haven't been any reports of anybody talking to Lamar Jackson. In fact, the opposite has been true. Teams have actually come out and leaked, no thank you, we're not interested, which is exceptionally odd for teams to go out of their way to say, no, 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 we're good, thank you very much. And so, for me, if you think that Lamar is going to be back with the Ravens next year, which I do, then you say, okay, how many potential impact weapons were out there? This is a terrible free agent class. This was an awful free agent class for offensive weapons. Albert Breer, NFL.com, said before free agents started that people were telling him it, quote-unquote, sucks, end quote. So this idea you're going to go out and get difference makers in free agency, Odell Beckham is the closest thing possible if you can get him back to not what he was before, but in the same zip code, in shouting distance, in the area code of what he was before. So I think it's a good move for the Ravens because you brought in a new offensive coordinator who's probably not going to treat Lamar quite as much like he's a – like he's Colin Kaepernick, like he's Tyrod Taylor, like he's, I mean, Lamar is a quarterback. Lamar is a pocket passer. Lamar is all those things. Now he's a great, great athlete at the position, but Lamar's statistics from the pocket in the NFL have been exceptional. And especially when you come in breaking routes and what does Odell do well? He does in breaking routes is one of the reasons why he was struggling in Cleveland because Baker Mayfield never made it to the backside dig. So he's like, what's the point of running these routes? If I Baker Mayfield never makes it to the backside in cutting routes in Kevin Stefanski's offense. So I think it's going to be a good fit in Todd Monken's offense in Baltimore. I think it's a good move for the Ravens. Now, yeah, it's probably a little more money than you probably thought he was going to get. But it's only a couple million more than Jacoby Myers got. So I'm good with it. Yeah, no, that's good that you bring up Jacoby Myers. Uh, yeah, and I agree. The the free agency uh, pool for wide receivers was was pretty bad, and, and you know it all kind of kind of shaped up uh, last season when you saw you know uh, a lot of these wide receivers getting big time deals, record setting deals. You know, so uh, I kind of agree. I feel like you know Lamar Jackson. I don't know why teams are coming out saying they don't want Lamar Jackson, why they're not pursuing him. I mean, because the next team we're going to talk about. Uh, there, I, I really do question why they don't want Aaron Rodgers, and that's the New York Jets. Now, we've t- I've talked about this on the show uh, with some of my listeners, but I haven't talked to you about this, Bruce, and what your take on Aaron Rodgers, kind of his potential fit in the division. Uh, and, and we could kind of keep Lamar Jackson in this conversation because I feel like, you know, 
if you're going to spend assets for a quarterback, why wouldn't you get the younger option? And if you're going to give up picks or first round picks or whatever the Packers are willing to uh, to part ways with or to, to to acquire, why wouldn't why do the why do you think the Jets want Aaron Rodgers versus Lamar Jackson? I think the first thing is that the Jets don't necessarily value Lamar Jackson as a passer the way that you probably should be. And the second thing is that they can get Aaron Rodgers a lot cheaper. And I think the Jets, in their heart of hearts, know that a quarterback really elevates them, but they're not a quarterback away. So I need a quarterback plus. And if I need a quarterback plus... Because let's be honest, the goal is to save my job, right? That's everybody's goal all the time is to save their job. And if you have Joe Douglas and you have Robert Saylor and you go, okay, I want to save my job. The only reason you need to go out and get a quarterback is because you missed on Zach Wilson. So a lot of people don't get three tries at a quarterback. You get two. Sometimes you only get one. Well, they already burned their first shot, which was Zach Wilson. That's done. I don't care what they say. I don't care that, well, Zach Wilson's still a future of this organization. He's still a part. No, he's not. Okay? It's over. It's over for Zach Wilson. So you got a second shot. And you'd like to be able to get your second shot with Aaron Rodgers, who can save your job, and still have your first-round pick to be able to utilize that on offensive line or a weapon or something like that. If you go out and try and get Lamar Jackson, you don't have the – quarterback plus you don't have quarterback and anymore because you spent all the assets on Lamar but if they think they can swap 13 and 15 with the Packers and then give up 42 that's way better you still have two top two picks at that point you still have 15 you still have 43 so if if your options are get Aaron Rodgers and then also have assets to spend to build around him or get Lamar and have less assets to build around him. When you're thinking about saving your job, you're just thinking about right now. Right. You're not thinking about whether or not Lamar is going to be the best option in four years because he probably will be a better option than Aaron Rodgers in three years because Aaron Rodgers, by his own admission, was 90% retired this offseason. You are renting Aaron Rodgers, and you don't know how long you're renting him for. And every single offseason, it's going to be a, well... Uh, is Aaron coming back? And every single year it's going to be, are we going to appease Aaron? So he comes back and look, you, you signed up for this on purpose because you're trying to save your job this year. That's why you did it. You weren't looking at three years from now because the heat's on you and the heat's on you because you missed on Zach Wilson. So all of this trickles out from you missing on a quarterback, you miss on a quarterback. So the clock is ticking. The clock is ticking. So you got to get Aaron Rodgers, but the clock is also ticking for you to make sure you build around the quarterback, which is why you go for Aaron Rodgers, not Lamar Jackson. So we can make an argument as to whether or not it's smart, but it certainly does make sense based on where the Jets front offense is. Yeah. You know, to me, it just, uh, I, I understand like the, the idea of not wanting to get fired at the end of the season, but man, if you know, just from, you know, a bill's perspective, like, you got to like what Joe Douglas and the Jets have been doing in terms of building that roster. Like if I'm, you know, Woody Johnson, I, I I would take a stab at, you know, kicking the can down the road a little bit and let these guys come back because, I mean, this is the only pulse that they've had since, uh, you know, 
for years. I mean, they, you know, they've been perennially just bad. So uh, I like Joe Douglas as a GM. You know, the Zach Wilson uh, pick was, I mean, it didn't work out. But man, if I had to, if I'm in the market for a quarterback, you know, I, I'm going to get Lamar Jackson, or I'm, I'm definitely trying another rookie. But I totally get, you know, what have you done for me lately? This is the NFL, which is not for long. So uh, I just think it's interesting, man. The Jets do have a a pretty damn good roster, though, in terms of what they've been able to do. Brees Hall, I mean, we'll see when he comes back. But, you know, they got your boy Garrett Wilson. I know you're proud of him over there, former Buckeye. Always. <laughs> uh, but uh, it's it's really good, man. So I, I'm glad uh, we kind of cleared some of that stuff up. So we're going to shift to uh, some Bills talk right now. So the Bills went out and they signed Shaq Lawson. Shaq is back uh, on a one-year deal. Uh, this one isn't surprising, uh, given you know Shaq Lawson is is probably uh, you know the the best edge setter that they that the Bills currently have at defensive end. Um, so I like the move. I like the move. Uh, I thought he'd probably get a little bit more running for agency, but I guess you know uh, that doesn't mean that no team offered him any more money than the Bills. That maybe he just felt like his best fit was with the Bills. Uh, Bruce, how how do you like that? Shaq's best fit is going to be the Bills. I think that's been proven. You had his best play and his best years have come in Buffalo under Sean McDermott. And so you go to Miami, you play perfectly reasonably, but they cut you after a year. You go to New York Jets, they cut you. So it was just one of those things where, like the Jordan Phillips situation, it's two parties who just know that they're better off together. And so it's a little bit like, yeah, it's a little bit like those old sitcoms where inevitably there'll be a, are they or won't they, will they or won't they between a, a male and a female character early on in the season. And then at the end of season one or the end of season two, they'll get together. And then inevitably they have to break up in season four sometime. And then they get back together in season eight or season nine. And you go, you know what? Yeah, it's just better off when they're together. This is a situation like that. I think. As far as Shaq Lawson goes, I think I feel a lot better about the defensive end depth with Shaq there because I know what I'm going to get from Shaq Lawson. I know I will get serviceable, competent level play from Shaq Lawson, especially given the fact that, yeah, we're hoping A.J. Epinesa continues to improve. We're hoping Boogie Basham continues to improve. Matt Perino, NYUp.com, Syracuse.com did a piece on Boogie Basham about how he knows that this is the year where he has to either take a step and set himself up for life or start over somewhere else. And so just because he knows that doesn't necessarily mean he's going to take a step forward. He's going to see, I don't think any of us are really, really super bullish on Boogie Basham becoming an impact player year three. I think we're all just like, Oh, you know, okay, whatever. So given the fact that I'm not expecting that, I think I feel better having Shaq Lawson as valuable depth specifically because Von Miller's not coming back anytime soon. Right. So for me, I don't think you can argue with it. I really don't think you can. I mean, it's a, it's an expected production player. You know what you're going to get at a cost controlled, small contract. Like, I mean, I, I don't, I don't see how you can look at the situation and be upset. I don't, it's just, it's nice, comfortable sweatpants. That's what it is. I love them. <laughs> Yeah, you know, and, and speaking of Boogie Basham, man, you you just hope 
and you wish that Boogie and AJ, uh, they get better. I mean, you know, that that's going to hurt. If and I, and I have a suspicion that these two players will not – they're not going to make it back to Buffalo after this season uh, just because they really don't produce. Uh, the Bills are definitely in need of a defensive end, and uh, I think it's fair to say that it could be their biggest need, to be honest, because, uh, you know, the defensive line in general, I mean, they're pretty much hitting the reset button. Up until the draft right now, you know, your, your defensive tackles, you're really not going to have much there after this season because I don't really think they're going to re-sign at Oliver unless he has some breakout season. And then even in, even that, we don't even know if he's going to be resigned. Boogie Basham, AJ Epinesa, as we just mentioned, I mean, it really just hasn't – they really haven't uh, – they don't operate as a net positive to the defense. So it's going to be uh, – it's going to be tough, man. It's going to be tough. So – uh, I really do think that maybe the Bills kind of look for uh, a defensive lineman mid mid to late rounds. I mean, I think it's the need. What do you What are your thoughts on that? Uh, the Bills drafting a defensive end mid to late rounds. People will be upset, and I will begrudgingly say, "Yeah, they probably needed to do this." Yeah, I won't be thrilled about it because you hate to see him keep dumping resources into one position but the fact of the matter is if you're not getting the results that you want then it doesn't really matter what you've dropped into it before so if you don't think that Shaq Lawson will be back for a third consecutive one-year deal next year and you don't think AJ Apanessa will be back and you think Boogie Basham is going to go into the final year of his second round contract and they won't have any meaningful extension conversations with him. And you have a contract with a, at the time, that will be a 35-year-old Von Miller. Folks, mm. I, I mean, I like Groot and I like the way he's progressed. But you got nothing aside from him if Shaq decides he doesn't want to come back on a third consecutive one-year deal. If AJ Epinesa and Boogie Basham don't step forward, if Von Miller, you know, I was something that we didn't really talk about at all this offseason, and you probably should have, was they restructured Von Miller's contract. If Von Miller retires, that's gonna hurt like a lot. Because there is no such thing as retirement in the salary cap world. Retirement's not a thing. It's exactly the same as you cutting him. So all that money that you think you saved by restructuring him gets accelerated into the moment when you cut him. And so that gets ugly fast if Von Miller decides he's going to retire. And I mean, he's at the length of time where he initially said he wanted to play out his contract. Yeah, before he tore, tore his ACL. So things change for people. If he hangs it up at 35 years old, this is not great, Bob. And so you might not have the resources to go out and spend in the free agency and really great pass rushers don't have a tendency to make it to free agency anyway. So you add to that the fact that really good pass rushers don't have a tendency to make it out of the first round. I mean, if 27 was a pass rusher, would anybody be shocked? If you would be, you shouldn't be. So it's yeah. a real thing. It could absolutely happen. And when it does, we're all going to roll our eyes and then you come talk to Uncle Bruce and he'll be like, listen, guys, I don't like it any more than you do, but it makes sense. Yeah, it does. And, you know, it's like it's it's like one of those things that, you know, is 
you know it's in the room, but you just don't want to look at it. Like you're you're sitting there and it's staring at you, but you keep looking at the wall. That's what I feel like defensive line or or defensive end in this draft is. It's like I know they're gonna pick one. I just don't know when, but it's gonna happen soon. And uh man, you just you just hope that the returns are are just good. Cause uh, you know, you you you're talking about, you know, defensive ends, man, and it's you know, I think it's a deep class per se. I mean, not not a top end talent, but I think there's a lot of solid talent. You know, maybe uh, you know you could get a guy like Boogie Basham, you know, in the fifth round in a Iku Leota or a Fioko Viami or somebody like that. I mean, you know, if you're going fourth, fifth rounds, uh, it's 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 got some depth there. You know, I, I just hope that you know Daryl Washington, these guys. Uh, they can they can develop a defensive end that can contribute uh, within the next couple of years because you know like they did in the draft a few years ago I, they might be double dipping at at defensive end not this year but the following year unless you know there's something that pops up a free agency so uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting so you know we talked about uh, there was a report okay let's talk let shall we jump into this this uh, Bills report Bruce. Are yep. you ready for this? Yeah, okay. I'm ready. Let's do okay, it. Okay, let's do it. So, you know, Don Cleveland uh, said that the Bills could be potentially looking to move up in this upcoming draft. Now, when I read that, I said cap. I just do not think the Bills are going to trade up. And I started thinking, okay, if the Bills were to trade up, you know, and, and the report said they were trade up for a, a offensive lineman or, or a skill player of some sort. So. Let's put our Brandon Bean hats on real quick, Bruce. And uh, first, tell me what your thoughts, what was your initial reaction to that uh, report? And then, you know, let's talk about some uh, potential draft fits. Uh, Let's say, you know, if the Bills move from from 10 to 20, uh, some potential draft fits. My reaction to the report was this. All right, whatever. I I don't believe (laughs) anything at this point because here's all that needs to happen for that report to leak. Ready? Here we go. Hey, uh, hey Sterling. Yeah. Um, just out of curiosity, um, you're sitting there at at 15. You're the Green Bay Packers. Sitting there at 15. Hey, uh, you know, we're uh we're sitting here at 27. Just in a theoretical world, any interest in potentially moving back? Sure. What's the price? You know, I don't really know yet. You know, let's 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 we'll talk about it. Um I don't even know if my guy is even gonna gonna be there at all. Um, I'll I'll reach it back out to you closer to the draft, and we'll just hammer out a hypothetical. And then if my guy's there and your guy's not there, we can we can just chat when you're on the clock. Sound good? Yeah, sounds good. That's it. <laughs> That's the whole thing. That becomes that report becomes the Bills are looking to trade up in the first round. No, no, they're doing the same thing that everybody else does. Okay. Like it's it's nothing. It's a it's a big fat nothing burger. Every single team who's not at number one says, "All right, you want to you want to talk about trading up? Sure. You want to talk about trading down? I guarantee you, the Buffalo Bills have had conversations about trading down too. It's it's nothing. It's an absolute nothing burger. But it's fun to hypothesize. So by all means, let's go ahead. And the only reason why this matters is because we get to have loads of, loads of content based on it. Right. That's it. It's just content. <laughs> and I'm all about the content. I love it when someone else will do my job for me <laughs> and give me the content. So this is what we're going to do. If the Bills were going to trade up, first off, from a skill position standpoint, 
If they trade up for B. John Robinson, I'll probably spork my eyes out. Okay. <laughs> There's probably only one wide receiver that you would trade up for in this draft, and it's Jackson Smith and Jigba. If you reached a spot where he got to 20, he got to 21, and you thought to yourself, okay, there's a tiering issue. Think about it. This is why you trade up. Two reasons. Number one, you're doing it for a quarterback. Number two, you have a tiering issue that has presented itself. You look at all the players that are likely to be at your pick. So there's pick 20 now on, on the clock. You're at 27. You have seven players that you have mapped out on your on your board. You go, okay, seven. You know, take, just rank them and just peel off the names as they get picked. And whoever's the best one left, when it gets to my pick, great. But one of those players in that top seven has a huge discrepancy on grade. And you say, you know what? Let's just call. Let's just see. Let's pick up the phone. What's the worst that can happen? Because somebody's sticking out like a sore thumb. The only two reasons you do this are, A, you're trading up for a quarterback. B, you have a tier issue. So what kind of players would you have tier issues with? Jackson Smith and Jigba makes sense. If it's offensive linemen, you look at the offensive linemen in this draft class, okay? Who are the ones who are likely to be there in the teens and early 20s, okay? So... Sterling, do you have a particular do you have a particular offensive lineman you like in the mid first round? Uh probably Peter Skaronsky, but at guard. I, I think he definitely profiles well at the next level at guard. And I'd probably say John Michael Smiths uh are the two offensive linemen in that teen range that I take a look at. Uh, you know, if I if I could have if I could pick the one I really want is John Michael Smiths, hands okay. down. So let's assume for a second Paris Johnson's gone. Okay. He will be. He will be. Let's assume Broderick Jones is gone. Gone. Okay. Let's assume Darnell Wright's probably gone. Okay. Let's assume that he's gone. He went to the the Patriots at 14. Okay. So then if you're sitting there and Peter Skoronsky starts to fall into the late teens, which I don't think I don't think he's gonna get past Chicago at nine, quite frankly, but let's assume that he did for the purpose. He's an example of a tier issue. You might have him as an upper tier player. Now you can make an argument as to whether or not there's a fit for that because the bills just spent money on guard two right. off seasons in a row. You signed Bates to a me- meaningful deal. Actually the bears signed Bates to a meaningful deal, which is ironic. This is the ironic part of this. Ready? The bears signed Bates to an offer sheet that the bills matched. If the bills hadn't matched it, the bears might not be linked to Peter Skoronsky now, which is, it's funny how the NFL works, right? Uh, they signed Bates to a meaningful deal last offseason. They signed Connor McGovern to a meaningful offseason deal this time. So I don't know why they would trade up for a tertiary guard. I mean, he would start over either one of them, that's for sure. But I don't know why you would do that and regulate Bates or McGovern, who you just paid meaningful money to, to the bench. But let's assume let's assume the Buffalo Bills love DeWan Jones. Okay. I don't love Dewan Jones the way that a lot of people love Dewan Jones, okay? But let's assume that he loved they just love Dewan Jones. And the gap between Dewan Jones and everybody else on their list is massive. Would they trade up for a player like that? Sure. Sure, because right tackle is a need. Now, I would I would have concerns about Dewan Jones if the Buffalo Bills picked him and traded up to get him. Um, people that large don't have a very good history 
right. of in the NFL. I mean, this is a player who you got to understand. When I say Dewan Jones is an outlier on size, I mean, if he was four inches shorter and 50 pounds lighter, he would still be really big for a for an offensive tackle. Four, four inches and 50 pounds. And you'd be like, oh, man, that's a big guy. So take a really big guy and then add four inches and 50 pounds and like three inches arm length. Like, he's a huge guy. People that big don't have a tendency to have a success, successful careers in the NFL. But that's an example of a tiering issue. Because I don't think Skoronsky, Johnson, Broderick Jones, I don't think any of them are going to be there. Right. Or even close, even sniff. I think that the run on offensive tackles and offensive linemen is going to happen, and it's going to push wide receivers down, quite frankly. I think there's going to be plenty of wide receivers who you don't expect to be there in the second round. They're in the second round. Like that if happens every year. If Quentin Johnston was there in the second round, I wouldn't sh be shocked. If Jordan Addison was there in the second round, I wouldn't be shocked. I'll be mad at the Bills for passing on Addison at 27, but if he was there at 33, I'm not going to be shocked. So for me, when I look at jump ups, I go, okay, it's a tiering issue. And the only tiering players are the offensive linemen who you didn't think would get to you and Jackson Smith and Jigba. Yeah. Yeah. Now, you know, it's funny that we're talking about a lot of Buckeyes on this show, Bruce. Okay. There's a lot of them. Sorry you guys, that. you guys, you guys had a, oh no, I love it. I, I listen, you know this. I don't, I don't hate Ohio state. I just hate them when the, when Michigan plays them, but <laughs> you can't deny that th that team was extreme they're loaded i mean they got talent they just churn it out man so you know i i'm excited when we get to talk about some wolverines but the bills don't tip they don't they're, they don't draft wolverines it, it, brandon means like i i don't want them or something but uh jackson smith and jig but let's talk about him so you know i think he's everyone's uh fangirl when it comes to uh trading up for a wide receiver so because you are an ohio state alum and you know that's that's your squad talk let's talk about jackson smith and jig what are some uh what are the pros of having uh jackson smith and jig with being drafted or traded up for by the bills i think the first thing is that he fits what you think the buffalo bills need on passing offenses regardless of what you think that is so there are multiple different approaches to what do the bills need in a receiver you can either say they need a player who can separate on the outside and you can help bump Gabe Davis into like more of a power slot role, which he played a little bit more under Dable than he did under Dorsey. Or you can take the opposite approach and say you need a slot player who can help take the pressure and the coverage off of Gabe Davis and give Josh Allen that security blanket underneath that he didn't really have last year because they didn't have Cole Beasley until later in the year. Right. No matter what your diagnosis is for the Buffalo Bills passing offense as it relates to wide receivers, Jackson Smith and Jigba is the formula solution. Like that, he is the yes, answer. He is, <laughs> he is the, 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 whatever cures your ills, he's that guy, no matter what your ill is. So he is the player who, if you want to make him a pure slot player, he can be a pure slot player and he can, have nuance to his route, understand spacing, understand pacing, understand separations, all the little minor stuff. The thing that people don't understand necessarily about Ohio State wide receivers is Brian Hartline is the best wide receivers coach in the country. And I don't think it's close. It's true. Okay? He is the best wide receivers coach in the country. And the, the discussion about Brian Hartline when he was a player, 
And when he came out was, man, he's going to be a great coach someday because he knows all the things to do. He's just not quite as good of an athlete as you want him to be to be able to do all the right things, right? He knows all the stuff. He's a crafty vet. And you don't say that about a player who's being drafted, right? right, right you don't right, right. say a rookie is a crafty vet unless it's Brian Hartline. Well, now he's taken all of that craftiness and injected it into people who are way better athletes than he ever was, right? I understand Jackson <laughs> Smith and Jigba is not going to run a 4-4, okay? I get that. But please, I beg of you to pay attention to his agility numbers, okay? He Jackson Smith and Jigba is a freakity freak athlete when it comes to agile numbers. I mean, he's top 99th percentile of agility numbers. Oh, yeah. So, yes, he doesn't run the absolute fastest in a straight line. I said this about safety. I'm going to say it about wide receiver. Give me somebody with instincts who can change directions quickly. That's how the game is played. That's what matters. And so Jackson Smith and Jigba is a player who I don't think he's a slot only player. People he's said not. Justin Jefferson was a slot only player too, but he can release, right? And he can separate at the stem. If you can release and you can separate at the stem, you don't have to be a slot only player. If you want him to be, he can be. But I think he's wide receiver one in this class. And for me, the thing that does that for me is that no matter what you think the Bills need, the answer is Jackson Smith and Jigba. Yeah. And, and let me let me add this in there, Bruce. You know, I, I feel like, you know, we talk about Odell Beckham and his, his ability to, to, to get on those cross and routes, those backside digs. You know, I feel like Jackson Smith and Jigba right now, to be honest, is a be better route runner than Odell Beckham is. What do you think about that? Because I feel like Jackson Smith and Jigba, he has different gears. Like we, we talk about top of stem, like he can do all that. Those deep overs that the Bills like to use with John Brown, Jackson Smith and Jigba would body those routes easily, right? With change of pace and separation and, you know, eye manipulation when it in terms of like getting into his release and, and his routes. I mean, he is exceptional, okay? He's exceptional. What are, your, what are your thoughts on that? I don't hate that statement. I don't hate that statement at all. Um, Odell Beckham didn't ever win with crafty route running. That wasn't the method by which he won. He won because he has unbelievable hands, right? Unbelievable hands, right? Sure. Just some of the best hands you've ever seen, right? Gr really, really good straight line speed, which has stuck with him a little bit, which is right. nice, right? And the ability to make contested catches. So Odell Beckham didn't win as a incredibly elite high-level route runner. So to me, I'm okay with that statement. It, it, it's a little spicy. I'm not going to lie because it's a rookie, right? right? It's a rookie. But there's a lot of pacing and nuance right. to Jackson Smith and Jigba that does not ne get nearly enough credit. Um, I love Lance Zerline from... Uh, NFL.com, but his comp for Jackson Smith and Jig was Jarvis Landry, right? Which I think I is that. a little bit, I think that's selling him a little bit short. Jarvis Landry is a bad athlete for the position, like a zero, like a bad athlete agility. for the position, right? Yeah. And not just because he doesn't run fast in a straight line, but all the other stuff too. Right. Jarvis Landry is a nuanced route runner without any of the explosiveness or agility to be able to break out of the step. So, right. When I look at Jackson Smith and Jigba, I see Super Jarvis is what I see. Mm -hmm. um, I see a lot. I see a little bit like Amon Ross St. Brown type of player, who's a 
and in my opinion, a more athletic and more sudden Amon Ross St. Brown. And I loved Amon Ross St. Brown going coming out like that. He was he was my guy. I was a big Amon Ross St. Brown guy. And I was trying desperately in my dynasty draft to trade up to the end of the second round to get him. And I didn't get him. And I was really sad. And it, I tried a couple times over the course of the year to get him. And then all of a sudden he broke out at the very end of the year. And I thought, oh, now I'm never going to get him. No one's ever going to trade him. And then I traded him for Aaron Rodgers. I got, I got him. I traded Aaron Rodgers and I got Jackson's. I got a uh, uh, Amon Ross St. Brown back. So now I want to go get my own Amon Ross St. Brown for the Buffalo Bills by trading up and getting Jackson Smith and Jigba. Yeah. I mean, if the Bills are serious about moving up, I would be, to be honest, I would be okay if the Bills were to give up a first round pick next year to go get Jackson Smith and Jigba. Oh, spicy. I, I would be okay with that. Let me tell you why. Because you, we talk about Gabe Davis, right? And, and how having a guy that's not just a, a slot guy, but they could play on the outside. Because, you know, in this Bill's office, these wide receivers, you have to do X, Y, and Z. You got to be able to do every single position right there. So have that interchangeability with Deontay Hardy's speed. Having a Jackson Smith and Jigba, he would he would produce a lot in this office. I think Josh Allen would would use him a ton. So yeah, you give up this year's first and a third and next year's first. I I would make that trade today. I mean, think about it. The Bills next year are going to be around right around in the same place at twenty seven or thirty two, somewhere around there. What what's the point? Like just just do it. Get a get a difference maker. They need it. I don't know if I can get that far, man. I don't I, I don't like trading up and giving up next year's first unless un, I don't like doing it unless it's for a quarterback. Cool. But teams do it. That's the teams thing. Teams do though. it. Yeah. So Marcus Davenport's a great example, right? I was I absolutely lambasted the New Orleans Saints for trading up for Marcus Davenport and giving up a, a first, right? That didn't work out too great for him, but I just I don't like, you don't know what's going to happen, man. You know, I just, I, I can't, I basically can never get behind giving up next year's first. I can, I just can't do it. Okay. Okay. Here's a scenario for you. Would you rather draft B. John at 27 or draft trade up and draft Jackson Smith and Jig, but knowing you gave up next year's first? Oh you my have? gosh. Why are you doing this to me? Well, come on. What you did got... I ever do to you? <laughs> it's, I think these are scenarios that we don't think about. But they're real. These are real I don't scenarios. Understand that why could you do this. What I, you invited me on your show just to do this to me? Put you didn't you tell me it was going to be torture. Put you you didn't tell spot. me you were going to do me like that. You just blindsided me. <laughs> why you got to do me like that? Okay, so let's let's add a little something to the pot. If the Bills trade up and draft Jackson Smith and Jigwa, I'll buy you his jersey. All right. In that case, I will say I'd rather trade up and give up next year's first than I would rather than I would rather do that than draft B. John Robinson at twenty-seven. <laughs> I knew you would do it, but I, if, if if I don't they, like either of these options, okay, but it's real. They could actually do it. So if if the Bills go get Jackson Smith and Jigba, I'm a, I'll buy you the jersey. All right, deal. Right. A deal. Okay. All right. So hold me to it. Okay. So as we're as we're continuing our draft talk, so let's. You know, there's this – Brandon Bean talks about drafting best player available. I feel like he rarely does it. I don't feel like it's uh, – I think, you know, a lot of GMs say they draft best player available, but in reality, they're actually drafting for need 
right? And we, we, we've seen mm-hmm. Brandon Bean do this with uh, Gregory Rousseau, Kyrie Elam, right? What What's your thoughts on Brandon Bean's philosophy of, of drafting best player available versus positional value uh, in the first rounds? Saying that you're going to draft best player available is absolute garbage. Nobody does it. Exactly. It, it, the phrase best player available is literally only for post-draft press conferences. That's all it's for. Because no one's going to tell you the truth. No GM's going to go, you know, we really wanted this other guy, but he got taken two picks in front of us, so we settled for our second, third best option. Sorry. No one's going to tell you that. No one's going to tell you, well, we were really desperately trying to trade up for this one guy, but it didn't work out and he got taken, so it's okay. We had a backup plan. Yeah, every single press conference after the draft is I just we we just can't believe he was still there, Sterling. We, we just I can't believe he was still there. This is crazy. We can't believe what luck that every single GM has the draft magically fall their way every year. It's crazy, right? I mean, just it's a spiritual experience for every single GM to have their draft boards fall absolutely perfectly. They're lying. And Brandon Bean is exactly like, he's lying too. Yeah. Right? If he says that, he's just lying. Okay. I, I'm sorry if you think that Brandon Bean is just an intrinsically more moral human being than the rest of us who would never lie, but he does. <laughs> he lies. So when he comes to the picks, he's 100% drafting for need. Let, let's be honest. The Buffalo Bills traded up a couple spots last year to draft Kyrie Elam because he was the last cornerback left on their board that still had a first round grade. Yep. So they said, okay, he's the last corner left. We're running out of corners. And we, obviously they felt like they needed to get a corner because if they didn't feel like they were drafting for need, then they would have just drafted a different player and sat still. But they were drafting for need. And they're like, oh, we got to get a corner. And then the corner started coming off and the Chiefs jumped and they went, uh, uh we got to move. We got to go get our guy. Not because he was a tier above every other player because he was the corner and they needed a corner. So he will reach for need. He will draft for need. He just wants to make sure that the round and the need line up. So he was in the first round and he needed a corner. So he drafted a first round corner. It's a tier thing. It's not a ranking thing. The fact of the matter is the rankings are crazy. I I can almost guarantee you that Kyrie Elam was not the highest ranked player on their board when they made that pick. I agree. I agree. He was the highest ranked corner on their board. But at he wasn't, the time. probably wasn't at the time, right? There people reach for need. They absolutely do. They do it all the time. And Brandon Bean is no exception. He will do it. All he wants to make sure is that the tier, as far as the round grade, lines up with the position he's trying to get. He's in the first round. He wants a corner. Let's get a first round corner. And I think if he wasn't able to trade up, he would not have taken a second round corner at the pick that they were at. He wouldn't have. But then when the next round came around, he would have been trying to trade up again to try and take a second round corner before they all ran out. Yep. So that's the way that Brandon Bean has always approached this. He needed a middle linebacker. He traded up and got Tremaine Edmonds. He wanted to get a running back, he desperately tried to trade up for Zach Moss like a bunch of times. He wanted Cody Ford because he wanted a tackle. Even though I screamed that Cody Ford was a guard, he screamed that Cody Ford was a tackle. He traded up, he got Cody Ford. 
tears matter to Brandon Bean. And if there's the last person left in a tier at a position of need, he will go up and get him. That's the way that Brandon B drafts. We've seen it time in and time I got. I mean, just over and over again. It's the way he's going to operate. Okay, so with that being said, we're in a we're in a, a scenario with this draft. The Bills need help him in a linebacker. And, uh, I mean, you just look at the signing today with Shaq Lawson. I, I don't think they were going to go defensive in first round. But they need a linebacker. And uh, we talk about tiers. I don't know if there is really, be honest, a first-round graded middle linebacker in the first round for the Bills. Now, that doesn't mean they're not going to take one, right? So what are your thoughts on that? Because we're just like last year, the Bills needed cornerback. We knew they needed cornerback. This year, we know that their biggest pressing need on paper right now is middle linebacker. What do you think they're going to do here? I wouldn't be shocked at all, at all, if the Buffalo Bills took Jack Campbell at 27. It wouldn't shock me at all. The other player that I could totally see them picking is Mazzy Smith from Michigan. Hey, hey, now. Right? I, I want to throw that out there because we hadn't talked about a Wolverine yet. <laughs> I wouldn't be shocked at all. Now, I would be a little irritated at how suboptimal they would have handled the linebacker position by letting Edmonds go and then spending the 27th pick on a linebacker who you hope can be as good as Edmonds. Right. So I don't, I don't, I don't love that. I wrote an entire article about it for Buffalo Roman.com where I elaborated on those thoughts. I did an entire podcast on it where I elaborated on those thoughts, but I can 100%. It just makes so much sense. He has Sean McDermott has waxed poetic about the Iowa program. He is tight with Luke Keekley, who is training Jack Campbell for the draft. Like, bro. I know. Like, it's so it makes too much sense for it to not happen. And I, I I can almost guarantee you that if the Buffalo Bills pick somebody else at 27, they're gonna be on the phone for the players at the top of round two to try and come up and get Jack Campbell. Yeah. Yep. I agree. I agree. And that's going to cost them, right? It's going to cost them. So we, we talk about Jack Campbell, uh, but let's, let's talk about two players that, and we'll, we'll kind of lightly hit on them before we get into our mock draft, but you know, Jack Campbell's one, but Trenton Simpson and Drew Sanders, I think these are two players and really people aren't really talking about uh, Trenton Simpson. I, I think, you know, Brandon Bean, I think, I think, Sean McDermott is going to want to turn him into a middle linebacker. Uh, I think he offers some some flexibility, some range. You know, I think he he's kind of a see ball get ball guy right now. But I think you know they may like Isaiah Simmons, where I think they mismanaged him. I think they're going to say if they were to draft a guy like Trenton Simpson, they're going to say you're going to play middle linebacker and that's it. We're not going to get cute with you, but we're going to train you to be the middle linebacker for the Buffalo Bills. So let's talk Trenton Simpson. What are your thoughts on him? What are your thoughts on the Bills, him maybe being a, 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 a target for the Bills? What are your thoughts? I don't understand why you'd want Trenton Simpson to be a middle linebacker. I understand why you'd want him to be a, a will, right? But I don't under, I don't see him as a Mike at all, right? You got to play into the line of scrimmage. You got to process really fast. You got to be able to stack and shed. Right. And – those are not things that he does. Uh, like you said, see ball, get ball, right? That's the 
that's the the modus operandi of Trenton Simpson. And I understand 100% that people want to take a good athlete and make him a mic, but the information being thrown at you when you're a mic is so much. Like you have to you have to process and you have yeah. to disengage. And I just I'd much rather have Trenton Simpson. I think you'd be neutering Trenton Simpson by getting him and saying, "Hey, be a mic." I just don't think that's what you remember Voshan Joseph. Sterling? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. University of Florida. I liked Voshan Joseph as C ball get ball. Right? C ball mm-hmm. get ball, right? I feel like Trenton Simpson is a upgraded version of Voshan Joseph. I just don't want to put him in mic. If you already told me that you were going to move Matt Milano, then I'd be more interested in having him as a will. Mm-hmm. But I like Trenton Simpson a lot more as an overhang player than I do as a Mike. So, ah. you know, it's tough because, you know, you feel like before uh, before their coach left to go be the head coach of the Oklahoma Sooners, you know, the way they used him in multiple sets was intriguing, you know. Now, you know, just in my in my time of covering the draft, you know, I feel like, one of the things I've learned is just because he doesn't do it, does it or wasn't asked to do it doesn't mean he can't do it. So I look at him and look at his athletic profile and the instincts lack. But somebody's going to take a chance on him. Like, oh, unquestionably. You know, and, and I am to the place where it's not far-fetched that the Bills would take a shot at him. Like drafting Boogie back, A.J. Epines is a prime example of this. I could not stand him as a prospect. Didn't like it. I, did, I thought there's no way the Bills are going to draft A.J. Epinesa pre-draft. And, and lo and behold, here we go. Cody, <laughs> Cody Ford was another one. Like, I didn't like Cody Ford's game at all. I didn't like, uh, you know, uh, Utah running back Zach Moss. I just didn't I just didn't like it, even before they picked him. And so I, I've kind of washed my, my hands of the idea that, well, just because I like him or don't like him doesn't mean Brandon Bean is the same way. I just think, you know, we're talking about – I don't want anybody to come on draft day and and the Bills select Trenton Simpson. They're like, what in the – I don't want you to be surprised because it could happen. I wouldn't be shocked. Um, I would really want to know what the plan is. Right. And I think, I think you're asking a lot of your linebackers coach at that point. I know linebackers coach for the Buffalo Bills is a, is a good, good coach. Right. But I think you're just asking a lot of a player for Trent, like Trenton Simpson. I mean, you already worry that there's a, there's a size component there. And if you're not going to beef up your three tech, if you're going to go in with Ed Oliver as your three tech, you also have a small linebacker. So you're sacrificing size from going down from Tremaine Edmonds. Now, to be fair, the overwhelming majority of linebackers are sacrificing size to Tremaine Edmonds. So let's just, let's start with that. Okay. Right. Right. Everyone's sacrificing size. I mean, Tremaine is one of the biggest linebackers in football, period. Right. But you're sacrificing a lot of size. And I just, yeah, I just, I, I don't, I don't like him playing into the line of scrimmage. Right. I like him as an overhang player. I like him as a chase player. I like him as a seed ball, get ball player. But you brought up Drew Sanders, right? Right, right. I can get behind Drew Sanders a little bit more because there's untapped potential there, right? This is a scenario where, I mean, this guy was an edge for Alabama, right? 
he transfers to Arkansas, and now all of a sudden he's an off-ball linebacker. I'm not saying he's Micah Parsons, okay? I'm not, sorry, that's not what I'm saying at right. all. Please don't misunderstand. But that idea that you can mix and match that skill set, you can have him as an off-ball linebacker, and if you need him to rush, he can do that because he has that background. That's intriguing to me, but also the fact that he's still new to the position helps me because I can see a trajectory for him. So I can see a trajectory for Drew Drew Sanders, right? So when I look at someone like Viliami Fahoku, you mentioned him earlier, okay? Right. Mm-hmm. He's an edge for San Jose State, okay? Right. A redshirt senior. I've seen a lot of Fahoku, right? He's been around for a while. Right. Right? The reason why he's probably going to be a day three pick is because nobody sees untapped potential, right? He's just the same guy every single year, right? You're like, okay, I know what I got with him. You kind of like that. (laughs) But do you think he's an ascending player, for example, right? You look at Drew Sanders and you say, okay, maybe he's an ascending player. This is still a guy who's learning to play. Now, I just did uh, Chris Collinsworth. Now, here's a guy who's <laughs> still learning to play the position. And you think to yourself, okay, well, they, they drafted a freak before who they kind of taught how to play the position. It was young, mm-hmm. Tremaine Edmonds. Let's do it again. So I am more interested in Drew Sanders than I am in Trenton Simpson by okay. a decent amount. Just because I think that there's trajectory there. Okay, so so let's 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 get let's get some Bruceisms in here. Okay, Bruce, let's right, let's, let's let's talk about this because hot call this a hot take or not, but I'm ready. I think based on that, and based on the fact that Sean McDermott is now the defensive coordinator, who is a little bit more well, a lot more aggressive as a play caller than Leslie Frazier, it kind of sounds like Drew Sanders could be. The, the the linebacker the Buffalo Bills want more than Jack Campbell. Think about it. It wouldn't shock draft, me at all. You drafted Terrell Bernard, who they came out and said that he could possibly be the middle linebacker, right? And, and with the skill set of Drew Sanders being a little multiple, he can rush, he, you know, he can play some outside stuff, but he, he has size and athleticism. Uh and he can't tackle, so you you add that in there. <laughs> That's a Bills profile for a linebacker. Uh-huh. It kind of sounds like uh, it's it's Drew Sanders, Jack Campbell. If if Sean McDermott's defensive coordinator, I think if Leslie Frazier's the defensive coordinator, is is Jack Campbell. But I do think that because Sean McDermott's defensive coordinator, I think Drew Sampson might be linebacker one on that on that uh, that depth chart, the big board. I think Drew Sanders is linebacker one for a lot of people. And I think it's because he adds that extra dimension as a pass rusher. I think there's plenty of people. And I like, I like Jack Campbell in the short hook zones, right? But you're not going to ask Jack Campbell to run Tampa two for you and cover the deep mail and run with tight ends down. the. I mean, listen, I understand he tested really well. He does not play that fast. He does okay? not, not on, no, not in game. Two. Jack Campbell no. does not look that fast on film. Okay. So you're not going to ask him to do some of the things you asked Tremaine Evans to do in coverage, okay? And I'm not saying you're going to ask Sanders to do those things, but Sanders can affect the passing game in more ways because he can also rush the passer, 
So if you're looking just from a who affects the passing game more, you can absolutely 100% make an argument that Drew Sanders should be above Jack Campbell because you think he has the possibility of being able to affect the passing game more because he's a better athlete on film and also because he can rush the passer. Like, I, again, a la Micah, Micah Parsons. But I don't think there are all that many linebackers in this class that you can feel good about. Right. I mean, I really don't. I mean, this, this is a this is a bad year to need a linebacker, which is another yeah. reason why you might see one go early because it's a really bad year to need a linebacker. I mean, Jack Campbell, Trenton Simpson, Drew Sanders, Henry Tuotuo, Dion Henley. I mean, I don't even really like Henley as much as everyone else right. does. Um, I, I mean, Ivan Pace is a crazy size outlier, right? He's way too small. Five, what, five, I like the Marvian Overshone. Yeah, I think he's solid. I like him for the similar reason I like Drew Sanders. And that is, I think he's an ascending player. He's a, he's a converted safety. He's an ascending player. You saw him take a jump from 21 to 22. If you can continue on that trajectory, you can end up with a really good player on your hands. So I would be completely okay with DeMarvey and Overshone being the guy. Cam Jones, Indiana, big fan. But I literally just named you. Every single linebacker that I'm comfortable with the Bills drafting and saying, okay, they can compete to, like, start. That's it. That's the whole list. End of list yeah. right there. That's not good. This is not a good linebacker class, which is one of the reasons why we just talked about the reaching for a cornerback. It's the last. I think you could see day one or day two, the Buffalo Bills do the same thing at linebacker because they go, this isn't a very good linebacker class. Yeah, I, I think it's uh, you're right, Bruce. I think it's and that's that's the thing with this draft. It's like that's why I'm OK with going to get a Jackson Smith and Jig, but because I know at least I'm going to get some impact at 27 or wherever they trade up to go get him. That's why I'm OK with it. I mean, look, we, we talk about Mozzie Smith. I think Mozzie Smith is I think he's a good starter quality, but maybe rotational, you know, defensive tackle three. Right. Um, I mean, it's tough at 27. It's tough. You, you're better off just going and taking a wide receiver, even though if it's not Jack Smith and Jigba, who's probably going to be gone at nine, you might as well just go get, you know, Quentin Johnson or Mario At or uh, Jordan Addison. I mean, your, your, your options are limited. I would not be upset if it was Jordan Addison at 27. Yeah. I, I feel like he's one of those guys. Like we talked about uh, Jay Jettas. You know, mm -hmm. I feel like he's he's kind of flying under the radar in terms mm -hmm. of that, because mm -hmm. how many people actually really thought Well, no one really actually thought Justin Jefferson was going to be this good. He's kind of I feel like Jordan Addison is, is the guy we're forgetting about because, you know, pre-draft before the college season started. I mean, this dude was we top talked five. About him. Yeah. Wide receiver one, hands down. Right mm -hmm. now, we knew Jackson Smith and Jippa would he would he torched Utah. We, you know, we knew he was going to be up there, but we, I didn't think he'd declare after this season. I thought he'd come back to Ohio State. So I think we're forgetting about how good Jordan Addison is. Uh, and then a brand new offense, brand new quarterback. I, I, I just think he's, he's, he's going to be really good. He's going to be, he could be special. I think you're right. All right. So with that being said, let's, let's put Bruce, you are, uh, you're in the hot seat, my man. Uh, Ready. You, you're going to be doing this mock draft. Okay. Uh and I'm just the uh I'm the MC here. Okay. I'm I'm taking the card to the podium. 
all right, for you. And, uh, you know, can you can you uh, see my screen here, right? I can. I need to I need to find a way to expand it a little bit so I can read it a little better. Okay, well, you know what? If uh, I'll tell you, okay, I- I'll just I'll just be the the MC and I'll just tell you what's going on. So we're going to we're going to start this thing. Okay. All right. So the bills are on the clock. Bruce, you are on the clock. And wow, uh, this is crazy because Jackson Smith and Jibba has fallen to 27. Oh, okay. Well, this is easy then. Okay. But before we, you select Jackson Smith and Jigba, Brian Branch is on the board. Michael Mayer, Dalton Kincaid, and Jordan Addison are the uh, major contributors that I would say uh, is available here at 27. So you're on the clock, Bruce. Who you who are you taking? I am 100% taking Jackson Smith and Jigba. I am <laughs> screaming maniacally when I run down the aisle with the card. Okay. All right. So in this draft, uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba is on the board, and the Bills take them at 27. GM Bruce Nolan, you're on the clock here at 59. Now, let me tell you what your options are. You got Trenton Simpson here, uh, Jordan Battle, DJ Turner of Michigan, Jack Campbell, and uh, let's say uh, Siaki Ika are your options. Who would you like to take here, sir? I'm taking Hendon Hooker. No, I'm just kidding. I'm taking like- Jack Campbell. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this draft is uh, – the guy that you wanted in the first round is available in the second round, which happens every single year. Everything's it's, coming up, Bruce. Every, you know, GM Bruce, uh, we're talking about extending your contract here. So you get Jack Campbell with the, the second uh, round pick. So we're going to uh, your third round pick, okay? So Trenton Simpson is still on the board. Jordan Battle is here. Garrett Williams. Sydney Brown, safety, Luke Weipler, Ohio State. And let's say, you know, we'll keep it with those because I don't think those uh, those other guys are, are needs here. So who, who are you going to take between Battle, uh, Sydney Brown, and Weipler? I'm taking Weipler. Okay. Well, and tell, tell us why you would take Weipler here, which I like him a lot. I, I do too. Um I think he fits the type, first off. If you look at the type of players from a from an athletic standpoint that the Buffalo Bills have historically liked, they like them taller and leaner, right? You're sitting at 6'3", 6'4", for Weipler, mm-hmm. low 300 pounds, someone who moves really well. And I think that you have a player who gets compared to either Mitch Morse or Garrett Bradbury, depending on how much you like him, right? Right, right. But stylistically, this is a player who reminds you a little bit of the rest of the line. And so if you have a player like Mitch Morse, who is getting up there in age, has a history of concussion problems, assigned him to an extension last year, but you want to reinforce that, I'm okay with drafting a player who's not going to play right away Mm -hmm. in round three. I'm not okay drafting a player who's not going to play right away in round one. Right. So I start to look at, reinforcing depth here. I look at making sure I'm succession planning and that's where I end up with Weibler. Okay. All right. So uh, here with our next pick at 131 in the fourth round. So we got, um, let's see, we got cornerbacks here. I think uh, Elias Ricks from Alabama is solid. You know, I think they're always going to draft a cornerback somewhere. Uh, Tank Dell is here. Uh, We got, let's see. 
Hmm. Mike Morris, Michigan. Andrew Voorhees. Now we know he's going to be out for a whole season. Yeah, we're going to shelf him for a little bit. We could, we could shelf him, but I think he'd be intriguing here. So, and uh, Olu, Olusagun Oluwatimi, another offensive lineman, and Riley Moss. And Jaden Reed is there, who who people are liking a lot as well. So out of those players, so Jaden Reed, Riley Moss, Oluwatimi, uh, Andrew Voorhees, Mike Morris, who would you take here? I, I just want you to know how badly I want to take Jaden Reed here, okay? Okay. I, I need you to know. I'm not going to. but Why I just not? Want, I, well, I might. I might. I might. I'll, I'll talk back. I'll come back to it, right? But okay. I just want you to know how badly I want to take Jaden Reed. I am – 100% the biggest fan of Jaden Reed. Even um, though he's a Spartan. Even though oh, I, it doesn't matter to me, I don't care, right? That's a, I don't <laughs> I don't I don't have disdain for the state up north. So okay. for me, uh do me a favor, go to the team needs real fast. Okay? I want to see what what TDN says. Okay? They say edge IDL tight end OT. Okay, let's humor them for a second. Um show me the IDLs who are currently on the board right now. All right, let's see. We can't click it there. Uh, go to the left here. Oh, here we right go. Right there. Here we go. Here we go. All right, so we got uh, PJ Mustafer, Jason Edimiola, Cam Young is here. A guy I like, Devonsha Maxwell from Chattanooga. Uh. All right, we're coming back. To, we're coming back for yeah. Broderick Martin. From oh, we're coming back for Broderick Martin. Not now, but okay, not now. down okay. here. What uh, what 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 spot do they have him at? Uh, three sixty six is his overall rank. Three sixty six. Okay, so we're gonna go. Obviously, we're not gonna reach on that right now. But I'm coming back for Broderick Martin. Okay. Just, okay. Just put a pin in it. Okay. All right. So let's look at. You want to take a look at Edge. I want to take a look at Edge. Mike Morris. Oh. Moro Ajomo. Can I walk away from Nick Herbig? Can I do uh, it? I think that's tough. Do I have it in me to walk away from Nick Herbig? Am I am I mentally strong enough to do it, Sturls? Uh, I think you – look, man. I, I He's the perfect fit. Yeah. He's the perfect fit. And, I, and Mike Morris is a, is a solid – but – he played on a stud defensive line, and I think you know he's a, one of those tweeners where he could play interior defensive line and defensive end. I like Nick Herbig a lot, though. I think he's a better fit for what the Bills need right now. Is there a better player to be mentored by Von Miller than Herbig? Right. I mean, they have very – I mean, they're both like what, 6'2", 240-ish yep. kind of players, right? A lot of people projected them as being like, like a 3-4 edge player. Bendy. Yeah, I just – He's such a nice compliment to Groot on the other side. I'm taking Herbig. Okay. All right. We're gonna we're gonna take Herbig. Dude, this is shaping out to be a uh, stud draft here, Bruce. You're at pick 139. We're gonna humor go me back, if Jaden Reed's still available. Is he still around? <laughs> uh let's see. Let's see. Let's go to wide receiver. He's still here. I'll take him. Take him, take, take him, take him, take him, take him. You gotta take him. <laughs> Okay, this is this is a stud pick. Okay, so two oh seven. All right, you, you, what, uh, what go we back to IDL. We were we were gonna put a pin in it. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Let's see. Where's your guy? Oh oh oh. Who? Let's see. Roderick, Roderick Martin. Martin. Let's go. 
Okay. We're done. <laughs> I have beaten the internet. The final boss was really hard. Wow. So let's let's review this draft here. So you got Jackson Smith and Jigba, Jack Campbell, Luke Weipler, Nick Herbig, Jaden Reed, and Broderick Martin. Now, folks, if if Brandon Bean comes away with this haul, uh look, man, that, that's probably the best draft that he's ever gonna have. <laughs> See, now the problem is I'm going to be really upset when this doesn't happen now. Expectations minus reality equals disappointment. I'm about to be disappointed. Man, I, I'm going to I'm gonna screenshot that and send it to you, Bruce, so you can have that for your, uh, you know, put that on your mantle because that's that's probably the best, that's the best draft that, that I've had, okay, that I've seen uh, available on a, on a mock draft machine without any trade-ups, okay, or trade-down. That's, that's pretty solid, man. Well, I'm pretty happy about it. All right, so before we get out here, Bruce, why don't you tell our lovely listeners here uh, where they can find you and your work? Well, if you would like more of my ramblings, you're welcome to find them on Buffalo Rumblings Weekly. I write a piece for buffalorumblings.com. Also, my show, The Bruce Exclusive, is drops in podcast form every Thursday morning on the Buffalo Rumblings Podcast Network. Bruce, man, you are the freaking, uh, you're the man around here, dude. And uh, I just appreciate you as a friend having you on the show you come and hanging out and talking draft with you is always fun uh we're listening to the buffalo rumblings vidcast feed all right you can find all of our stuff at buffalorumblings.com we have shows every single day for you guys make sure that you guys come and check us out and bruce it sounds like uh can i get a go bills go bills all right we out of here <laughs>